hour number two of Canuck Central. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah in the Kintec studio. This hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company, helping local business since 1892. Canucks prospect Josh Bloom is going to join us. He was acquired uh, from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for Riley Stillman. Uh, playing with the North Bay Battalion, so Josh Bloom going to join us in a couple of moments. Uh, left winger, six foot two, good skater. We'll talk to him about his game and um, what works for him and what's going to help him get to the next level. But it gives us an opportunity here, Sat, to assess the Canucks prospect pipeline. Oh yes, it does. Oh yes, it does. And I mean, what the Canucks have done. Um, you know, at the trade deadline is they've added a few assets, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Heronic is the big asset they've added, the 25-year-old defenseman who we've yet to see and is trying to get healthy and into the Canucks lineup. But as far as prospects are concerned, Atu Ratu has shot up the prospect ranking. It's essentially him and Jonathan Lakiramaki who are considered your one-two prospects in your organization, right? So the Canucks, anytime you get a prospect who is at the top of your prospect list, no matter how good or bad your prospect pool is, that's a positive, right? Yes. I mean, you've, you've made a big you know, dent in there. And I think when you put in a guy like Jonathan Bloom, he, he's, an e- he's easily a top 15 prospect for this team. Yeah. Easily a top 15 prospect for this team. And he goes from an organization where he goes maybe on the outside of the top 20, 25, because they have so many prospects in their organization. And, uh, you know, as uh, I've started to adopt from you a little bit, you see a lot of traits. Yes. In uh, in Josh Bloom. And I think that's, you know, something you have to look for when watching prospects. You know, mm-hmm. what's that trait? What is uh, that thing that is going to get them to the next level? Yeah. And for a player like Bloom, uh, you see the skating ability. You see a little bit of the size. And it might even give you a little bit of a insight into, you know, the types of players that this organization wants. Yeah, and, and it fits the mold of just look at, you know, the Mikheyev types, right? Yep. Look at the Bavillier type to some degree. They want speed. They want guys that can get in on the forecheck. They also like size. They, they've added quite a few players now that have decent amount of size, especially up front and that's something that is certainly a target of what they're looking to do and also trying to find guys who are intelligent everybody wants intelligent hockey players but it's certainly a trait and when you look at john uh josh bloom's profile he's a high high energy guy right skates really well gets in on the four shake plays hard but he's known as a very smart hockey player as Mm -hmm. well right there's not a high end to his game but there's a lot of things he does well He's going to fit in, potentially, if he makes the NHL in that middle six role, maybe bottom six role. Could there be something greater there if everything clicks, perhaps? And that's what you hope for, right? That you ultimately get the highest end of your upside. But that's the more realistic aspect of things. If you start looking at the Canucks roster right now, Dan, and the prospect, the young guys they have, they're still missing a third-line center long-term. Could that be raw too? Oman could he be that? Could be the four, he th- be the fourth line guy? And then you probably like graduate or, a little bit. Yeah. Then you have two or three spots long term in your bottom six that are open for grabs in a couple of years. And could Bloom be one of those players? Overall, Vancouver now has added Ratu and Josh Bloom. The pick this year they're making is going to be their best prospect yeah. with a bullet, no doubt. They trade away their second round pick. Mm-hmm. I think for us to look at their prospect pool in to look respectable, they have to find a way to perhaps add another pick. Not necessarily a second-round pick. Can you add a third? Because I think if they hold on to two-thirds and the three-fourths, that gives you a little bit of something that they can maybe come away with a decent player and with one of those picks in a few years. Yeah. 
But if they can get one more pick in that top three round range, and then you make their selection first overall, and you come up with those couple prospects, and you get a few NCAA free agents, maybe you go from being a bottom five prospect pool to get to the middle of the pack. Yep. And that would be a, a good step forward if you could do that. And, you know, we expect them to be active. They opened up a few extra contract slots uh, before the deadline so that they could be active in the NCAA free agency. They weren't necessarily last year, um, but they were active with European free agents, right? Nils Oman. Uh, they also got Johansson that way, who's having a really nice year in the, in the SHL. Exactly. And I think... With the six contract spots they have open, I don't think they'll sign use all of them, all yeah. of them on prospects because you still want to leave a couple open for trades potentially and for sure. what may come up during uh, the draft. But let's say you sign two or three NCAA free agents, get one or two players from Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of a sudden we're talking about an influx of seven assets into your organization that wasn't there before. Not to mention the draft picks that you're looking to make, and and that's just a step forward. You yeah. know that now you kind of get into a stage where. You've even had a guys like Archie Baines take steps forward this year, and he's not too far away from playing some games for you. And and what he, could he provide in that type of a role? Honestly, so, you really hear nothing but good things about the development he's had this year. Absolutely, and I don't know if we'll see him this year, but he's certainly somebody that the organization is high on with his intelligence. Again, a guy who's quick, gets in the forecheck, smart hockey player, all those things that he's able to do, and as has a little bit of offensive upside to his game as well. Now it's starting to look a bit more respectable in terms of what you have in your coffers. Uh, still curious about a guy like um, Linus Carlson, uh, who's had a really good year in the AHL, 17 goals. The pace is something I don't know if he'll ever really be able to overcome at the at the NHL level. Yeah, and and, and that's but a really where, smart player. Yeah, you know what? Hopefully he proves everybody wrong and he gets there and he's he's taking strides, making strides. He needs an off season of getting quicker. Yeah. If he gets quicker, there's something there because he's got a good frame. He actually battles for positioning well around the net. Yep. He's smart, like you mentioned. He can play off talented players. He's decent along the boards. In that area of his game, from everything I've heard, has also improved, which is promising. Just has to be quicker. And Klimovich has after a slow start, has really started to come on in the yeah. AHL this year. We started to see, uh, especially at the prospects camp last year, you could start to see uh, a little bit more of Klimovich coming alive, but it's still a, a long-term project with that player. Yeah, but he's, uh, you know, to your point, he's come along defensively too. Yeah. You know, like he's become a lot safer in terms of how he's playing. He's been good along the boards. He has size, pure size, right? It's not just he's 6'2", like he's already over 200 pounds. Yeah. Like if he puts it together, like he can be a real load to handle. And his overall point scoring isn't impressive as 23 points in 53 games, but he's at a higher pace than he was last year. His double digits and goals. Next year is the year that I'm interested to see from him. Yeah. Because he was always going to be a bit of a project and maybe it wasn't the best place for him to start in the AHL. That's hard. Like for teenagers in the AHL. For an 18 year old, very difficult. It's very difficult. Even for 19 year olds. Like very few 20 year olds have success in the AHL, let alone if you're a teenager. It's a hard league to be good in. Next year is going to be the most telling aspect. Is he actually going to be something here or a guy that's just going to be AHL organizational depth for you? I think the question always comes down to defense. With the prospect pool. And there's yeah. not a lot there. Um, I, I think they had a really good discussion on the morning show the other day about, you know, how do you strategize your draft and do you just use a lot of your picks to select defensemen and hope a couple of them uh, sort of hit in the later rounds? Yeah. But- and, you know, like there are a couple of guys and I don't want to I don't want to hype these guys up. Right. Because 
I think it's I don't want to be irresponsible talking about guys. It's that not drafted. completely barren. Yeah, and I mean, Jacob Truscott is a guy, obviously, that's a bit older, and, and we'll see next year. Does he turn pro? Does Vancouver, does Vancouver resign him? And where does he kind of fit in? But even Hugo Gabrielson, the defenseman out of Sweden, he's yep. he's taken a couple of strides this year, showing a little bit of something. Kudratsev, the Russian defenseman, really liked him. Uh, he's in, you in know the what prospect camp. I've heard about his year. He's had a very solid year. He's better defensively than he gets credit for. He plays hard. They might have something there, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked that— Remember last year, we kind of said, hey, Jonathan Myrenberg and Lucas Forcell? Yeah. And Lucas Forcell, we haven't mentioned him. Like, he's been absolutely lighting it up mm-hmm. um, in Sweden, too. Like, he's a guy who's a surefire top-10 prospect for this team, may even flirt with the top five because of the upside. He's been great in his draft plus two year, and yeah. he had a good draft plus one year. And Still so young. Very young. Because he was Teenage, drafted 19, super young. Yeah. 19. Like, he's, like, there's a lot of upside there. The other guy, Kudratsev, keep an eye on him. Like, I wouldn't be surprised we hear a lot more about him in a year or so. Uh, are we at a point where Elias Patterson, DPD, uh, <laughs> may be the, the organization's best prospect? Or is that still Rathbone? Uh, defensively, I'd still say Rathbone because he's closer. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I'd say Rathbone actually has value. I think there are teams around the league that are like, yeah, we'd like to try give this guy a chance, yeah. see what he can do. You know? And I think he's still a net positive asset for the organization. Not to say that DPD isn't. So I'd still say Rathbone's ahead because he's he's played NHL games, but DPD has a lot of traits that this team is lacking on the back end <laughs> yes. defensively. There's that word you know, again, traits. traits. But defense, defensive traits. We talk about does this team have guys that can defend, guys that can clear the front of the net, that know how to transition the puck properly, and and know how to play within a team structure. He does all those things. Yeah. Uh, especially the left side of defense yeah. right now for this team don't have one of those you know prototypical stay at home type of defenders so DPD is working out well and there's a little bit of a assessment on the Canucks prospect pool as it currently sits after the trade deadline let's bring in our next guest though he is uh, one of the newest members to that prospect pipeline playing with the North Bay Battalion at left wing it is Josh Bloom thanks for this Josh how are you Dan Richo, Satyar Shaw. This is Canucks. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to Josh in just a second. Um, Full disclosure: we pre-taped yeah. uh, an interview <laughs> with Josh Bloom just before the show began. Yeah, at three thirty. So, uh, so uh, we'll get uh, we'll get that queued up. <laughs> but uh, Josh, yeah, we we uh, we talked to him a little bit earlier out there on uh, the East Coast time zone. So, um, uh, got to him a little bit earlier on in the day. So we're gonna get to know Josh a little bit more as a player, and I think you're. Uh, Going to be interested to hear just what he thinks is going to make him, uh, what what makes him a true NHL prospect. Here is uh, Josh Bloom. Thanks for this, Josh. How are you? Great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're we're doing uh, we're doing pretty well. Uh, so uh, you get traded to the Vancouver Canucks. You're in the the midst of a strong season with North Bay. Uh, t- tell us how it went down from your end. Yeah, it was it was actually my off day. I was hanging out with some of the guys, playing a little poker and. Uh, saw my phone blowing up and uh at four minutes calls from kevin adams so <laughs> i called him back and he said you've been traded vancouver so immediately hopped on the phone with patrick Ovine and uh and the rest is history i was uh, immediately excited and uh really can't wait to get started well and it's one of those things i guess like uh maybe you weren't expecting to get traded but when you find out it's a canadian team what was kind of going through your head yeah for sure you think about it vancouver's an unbelievable city unbelievable fan base and uh, somewhere where you'd love to play hockey. So 
uh, I was fired up right from the start, and uh, I can't wait to get Van- to Vancouver and uh, get my feet wet. So if if this whole hockey thing doesn't work out, you'll be the next Daniel Negreanu. Is that what I understand? Playing poker like that? <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> uh, that's it's pretty awesome. Uh, so your season, you're doing pretty well. You're doing some pretty good things. Uh, tell tell us where your game is at right now. Yeah, so uh, second time I've been traded this year. I was traded from uh, Saginaw to North Bay this season. Uh, been an unbelievable experience, actually. Uh, looking to make a deep playoff run here. Uh, I think we're on a four-game winning streak right now. So got seven games left in the season and then we hit playoffs so it's exciting times here and uh city of north bay is really fired up about it our group's really fired up so um should be it should be an interesting run for sure well and in terms of like where your game's at i mean you get traded because uh, north bay feels like they need you to make a run and, and you obviously your game has matured and you played at, at that level for a few years where do you feel your game is at and how well-rounded it's become at this stage yeah, I think my game's taken a ton of steps since I got here because we have such a deep team. So, um, yeah, you're playing big minutes, but it's not necessarily first-line minutes, not always first power play minutes. It's whoever's going at any particular time. Very similar to pro hockey. So um, I feel like I've uh, found ways to make impacts on the game away from scoring, which is going to help me at the next level. And, uh, yeah, I'm thankful for it. Um, I think it's well-rounded my game, uh, 200 feet. And, uh yeah, looking to bring that to, to pro next season, hopefully. What what does it look like when you're on your game? Uh, when I'm on my game, I'm playing with a lot of pace, whether that's with my feet, passing, playmaking, uh, playing the game at a, at a high pace. Uh, I think making plays in the offensive zone, but also being reliable to get pucks out and um, be strong on my left wing wall. So uh, that's what it looks like when I'm on my game for sure. Well, and it's one of those things when you look at this Canucks roster, obviously they have a, a lot of really talented young players and they still need to get a lot of guys in that, you know, a second line role, middle six role. And the thing is with your game, it's so well-rounded. There's so many different things that you can provide. And you mentioned turning pro next season and you kind of look at where this team's going and the type of need they have. And the prospect pool, it's, it's, it's no um, real secret that it's not the deepest prospect pool because of the trades over the past few years. Like th- there's a pathway here. Did you kind of get that sense talking to Patrick Alvin that in a couple of years you could be part of something pretty cool with this Canucks team? Yeah, I think I think it's definitely an opportunity for sure. I think what what uh, what I'm excited for is my ability to play up and down a lineup. Whether you throw me on the fourth line, first line, I'll find a way to make an impact. And so I think that gives me an advantage uh, potentially playing pro next year and. Uh, looking to get opportunities because I'll be able to play those roles. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, how much have you had a chance to speak with Patrick Alvin and, and what has he said? Sorry, cut out there. Can you say that one more time? How much have you had a chance to speak with uh, the Canucks front office and uh, what have they said? Yeah, everyone's reached out. Everyone says they're really, really excited and uh, so am I. They've uh, we, We're just getting started in that whole process. Mike Comstock's reached out and the player development staff, so I'll be in touch with them, and they'll be in North Bay soon enough. But, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's early steps in the process, but just excitement all around. Uh, are you familiar, do you know anybody uh, on the Canucks or the Canucks system that you're familiar with over the years? Uh, yeah, me and Connor Lockhart have played against each other since we were kids. So uh, as soon as I got traded, he was one of the first guys to text me, and he's all excited about it too. So uh, it's good. 
Josh Bloom, our guest here on uh, on Canuck Central. Uh, so you know, we, when we ever, whenever you uh, we talk to scouts, it's always you know, what's that one NHL trait that uh, can see you progress to the next level for you? What what is that in your game that can uh, help you transition to the next level? I would say my skating ability. I think that uh, it's probably my best asset. Uh, sorry, I'm just on the road right now. This car is really loud. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's uh, it's my skating ability. I think I play with a lot of pace, and with or without the puck, I'll make an impact. Just uh, getting on the forecheck or the backcheck and um, disrupting plays that way. So I would say my skating's uh, my best asset for sure. Who were some of the influences when it came to you molding your game after, or you know, you know, over the, over the past few years? Um influences i would say that uh, a lot of guys in saginaw helped me shape my game uh i was a 16 year old rookie on one of the best teams in the league and um had a little bit of a tough goal finding it uh, at the start so i would say my captain at the time damien drew did an unbelievable job taking me under his wing and kind of shaping me into more more of the person i am than, than the player i am uh when i think about people i've watched uh over my hockey career i think of evgeny malkin Big body, plays with speed, makes tons of skilled plays, but uh, but throws his body around as well. And then another guy, um, Patrick Marlowe, got traded to the Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. my uh, hometown team, uh, when I was younger. And he plays with a ton of speed. Even as old as he was playing for the Leafs, he still played with a ton of speed. So uh, he's somebody who I also looked at and was like, yeah, like I can play like that for sure. Great skater, uh, Patrick Marlowe. And, uh, you, you know, you got some size uh, yourself. Uh, how, how do you find your size helps your game? Uh, I think my size helps me in the corners. I think there's still still plenty of room for me to, uh, to put on a little weight and a little size, and it'll come in handy when uh, when playing at the next level. So that's definitely something I'm going to be focusing on. I got a 6'2 frame and uh, can fill out, fill, out, sorry, fill out plenty more. So, um, yeah, that's my plan this summer. Now, outside of obviously playing some poker and and, and working out and, and, and trying to pursue your NHL dream, like what are some of the things that you enjoy doing off off the ice? Oh, I love golfing. I'm uh, I'm actually in the hunt for a golfing membership this summer, and uh, I hear the golfing out west is unbelievable. <laughs> so I can't wait to get uh, get started doing that. Uh, I love fishing, and again, fishing out west is unbelievable. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited about it all. So you're you're really just gonna dive full into the the West Coast lifestyle, West Coast, Best Coast. Oh yeah, the West is gonna become home really quick. <laughs> oh yeah, you're gonna really. I mean, especially if you uh, do some salmon fishing, make sure to check that out uh, later on in the summertime. You're gonna have the time of your life. Oh, I can't wait because I do salmon fishing at home. Uh, I'm right near Lake Ontario in Oakville, and uh, right. my one of my best buddies has a boat out there, so we go out at like five in the morning all the time and catch some salmon and bring it home for dinner. So. Uh, I'll be right at home though, Wes. Oh, make sure to come check it out, especially like around July and August, because then you'll see like all the orcas come out and you see all the whales and stuff. It's it's incredible, man. You'll really enjoy it. Yeah, I can't wait. Josh, this is uh, it's been a real pleasure getting to know you and and your game. Thanks for this today. Yeah, you guys as well. Thanks a ton for having me on. There is uh, Josh Bloom, Canucks prospect, joining us. You know, yeah. I've never seen an orca. Still, what? Yeah, really. Yeah. You haven't seen an orca yet. Uh, have you guys seen an orca, Ben? Have you seen an I don't orca? go whale watching enough, apparently. No, you got to go. Have you seen one? I had a really weird experience with an orca. You did? I, uh, Was this like a free willy story? I went jet skiing like, for the <laughs> first time. Uh-huh. Did it like follow and I, you? So I'm pretty nervous. Right. <laughs> and I'm out there, and my friend just darts off. And she had pointed out Seal Island beside me. And uh, 
So I'm, I'm just out there by myself, kind of bobbing around, and I see the fin. And it, it breaches, like, honestly, as far away as we are from each other. Yeah. And first time on a jet ski, and I was like, well, I fall off right now. It was not going to eat you, probably. <laughs> it, was, it was scary. It was, you were scared. Elon, have you seen an uh, orca in person before? Never seen an orca. I've seen many sharks before, though. Sharks, all right. Sharks. sharks. Where did you see sharks? Oh, I can't hear you. You can't hear me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, but, I mean, orcas are – so I, I've seen them a couple times. Yeah. Uh, my my coolest experience, coolest experience seeing an orca was when I was salmon fishing some years back. Uh, yeah. Coast Port Hardy. And one just kind of literally went up, just kind of like uh, Ben was saying. Yeah. Maybe like five or six feet from the – Oh, man. Uh, from the boat and kind of came up a little bit. You see a bit. I mean, it, yeah. it was it's pretty cool. And then there was like a pod of uh, dolphins as well. Like if you get out around July, August, especially August in that area, you're going to see a ton because it's a salmon run. Yeah. Yep. So you're going to see a ton of whales and orcas and dolphins. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I saw a gray whale off the coast of uh, Tofino. Really? Yeah. That's cool. So that was uh, that was pretty interesting experience. Quite large. Yeah. <laughs> they are quite large animals, uh, but still you have to see an orca. Maybe yeah, I saw one orcas chasing uh, a, what, what it was like, uh, what, what are they called again? Like a beaver. No, not a beaver. What am I calling? <laughs> <laughs> you saw a beaver? Oh, great. That sounds exciting. No, a seal. What am I saying? Okay. Seal. I saw him chase, chasing a seal once. Oh, yeah. Seals are funny. Uh, and bears. Bears Bears are fun, too. Bears are fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, have you had a bear encounter before uh i actually uh not close up no no unfortunately unfortunately <laughs> i'd say fortunately <laughs> is it fortunate i, don't I know. mean do you want to have a bear encounter well mind you i was golfing once in mission and for a for a golf tournament and yeah just like ho-hum middle of the day there goes a bear just like running through the fairway <laughs> <laughs> just chilling just like all right uh guys hold off there's uh there's a group out in front yeah there's a bl- <laughs> group of black bears out in front <laughs> uh all right dan richo satyar shah you are listening to canuck central